Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safety. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. Yeah. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. <laughs> All right, people of the Talking Tesla universe, it's time. It's time for 192. Uh, pandemic, still going. But it is uh, time for us to talk about fourth quarter 2020 earnings, which, uh, you know, just dropped just today. Um, you're probably getting this the next day. But there's things, things to discuss. But um, before we get to the money, um, may I uh, lead off? And I'll tell you why I need to lead off. Because it is 7.15 at night here on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. My bedtime, my bedtime is 6.30. Hmm. So this is uh, 45 minutes past my bedtime. I'm not going to get to the end of the show because I can tell you these idiots are going to talk for like three hours no, 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 and I'm just going to be checking out. Don't talk about I would just Joel like to and say, Robert like that. He was talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you the most disturbing thing that happened during the first the fourth quarter earnings Mel, call. Mel, would you please tell us about the most disturbing thing that happened on the fourth quarter earnings call? Thank you for asking, Robert. So nice of you. I, I thought you were going to talk about the most disturbing thing that happened um, since we last met. No, there's too many things to go through there. Okay. What's, what's up with the steering wheel in the S and the X? That's going to piss off a lot of people. I told my wife, here's the new X. And she looked at the steering wheel and she's like, I don't want that, and I think that's going to be the answer to lots of people because she hangs her hands off the top of the steering wheel when she's on autopilot, and just the jiggling means that she doesn't have to do anything. You can't hang your hands off that thing very well. Stupidest decision in the history of Tesla. You heard it here first. Discuss. Well, that's what I heard. <laughs> lots and lots and lots and lots of people saying about that center screen with no binnacle display. What the hell? You're going to have to be distracted and look to the side. And here we are almost a million cars later. And people haven't made any more peeps about that. That's not true. People still hate that center screen. Don't pretend that nobody talks about that thing. And I have just now looked up a photo of this new steering wheel. I will bet money, lots of money, that we never see that steering wheel on an SRX. <laughs> that is not going to yeah. happen. They're in production. Yeah. They're in How production. many times have we... Oh, well, actually, yeah, they say they're in production. So let's see if it really comes true. Now, there's been... Apparently, there's laws that say it's supposed to be circular or it's supposed to be connected. So it is connected. You're supposed to get to 10 and 2 on that it's thing. It's not really... It also has, a it has an airbag. Yeah. It has an airbag. And it's got a bunch of control buttons, which is the thing that makes me the most excited. Have you looked at it closely? No, because I don't care. There's a, there's a lot of twiddly bits. I'll give you that. Better but question. I can tell you right now, RPM Tesla is like, okay, we need a uh, solution to this because there's a whole bunch of people <laughs> yeah. that want a round steering wheel. Yeah, Mark's Better got question. round steering wheels ready to go, I'm sure. Better question is, in my opinion. Um, oh, blow that up. Blow that up. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to. So I. I it was on Twitter 
But actually, the steering wheel, and let me see if I can get it. So, so. for those people that don't, uh, aren't watching yeah. the show, we are, Joel is in Just real time telestrating. <laughs> He's showing us the... Uh, so I'm going to blow this. Let me, I'm big. using my wife's computer. So let's see if I can get this to work. All right. So uh, essentially on the, the steering wheel um, are touch sensitive controls, like capacitive touch controls, one of which is, uh, and as I'm zooming in yes yes uh, some of which are the directions uh the the directional mm -hmm. blinkers right essentially so uh and then other controls as well so especially since they're coming out so soon i i don't i don't feel like they would leave a a conceptual design here for this but i've never seen one uh, you know how many times has tesla Shown these um, these odd uh, well, they showed wheels. it for the the Roadster definitely, and I know the early Model X had a bunch of design features that didn't fly, like no mirrors on the sides. But this is pretty darn cool. Mm -hmm. It does have a circular top. I understand it's not the same design or the same right. you know roundness. It's actually rectangular, but there are six buttons on it. I'm looking mm -hmm. at a big blown up version that I made. So you have your turn signals, you have your headlights. You have your horn, you have a windshield washer area, and also the microphone activation, plus the multi-use uh, um, wheels with the little side buttons. So you can probably, like a Formula One driver, control everything with this steering wheel. And it also makes the new air conditioning a little more effective because it can blow cool air into your face without being obstructed or diverted by the upper part of the steering wheel. Yeah, that's been a huge problem for me over the course of my life driving. I, like, the steering wheel is just so in, in <laughs> the way of the air conditioning vent. I, I will say well, that it'll make, it makes looking at the binnacle display a lot better, and I might yes. be eating my words, but... Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it looks, I mean, you really can see it, um, the binnacle, that is. Um, I mean, it's... It looks great from this view. Um, if it well, comes if through, the, Tom, if the binnacle awesome. display, wait, hold on. Okay. If the binnacle display is so pointless in the three and the Y, why is it so useful in the S and the X? I'm just curious. What what is it about people with a hundred thousand plus dollars to spend on their car that they just <laughs> need that binnacle display because they like to use the word binnacle display? Absolutely. <laughs> well. After a certain price, it's what you want, not what you need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fair enough, Joel. But I do, Fair right? enough. I do think, I really do think that that steering wheel is a problem just for like driving. Um, that means that it, for, in order for this to be useful, if it's like a racing car, just a little bit of turning of the wheel means the car is going to turn pretty hard. Otherwise, you can't really spin the wheel. And this is not for race car drivers. This is the X in particular for like soccer moms and dads. So uh, I just, I think it's, there's going to be a reject there. Uh, okay. But, okay, first off, you say the words, this is not a race car. After in the Q4 earnings call, he said, fastest car ever made in the history okay. of the planet. So uh, zero to 62 seconds. Mm, yeah, it's a freaking race car. But, <laughs> but the other question is, and we know that this is probably his thinking, like uh, it, it's the... It's the beginning of the, well, you don't need a steering wheel anyways. What the hell do you care what shape it is? They could make it the shape of a pen or something else if you don't need it. Yeah, it could be a joystick. 
Uh, you know what? I'm not going there, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So a pen, a pen's one thing, but a joystick that's completely. But a joystick, like off the mark. When I said the word pen, where did your mind go? When Robert said the word joystick, where did your mind go? Well, I felt when you, thank you. when you had a media pick of pen fifteen, that's part <laughs> of what I was thinking. <laughs> That was a solid media pick, by the way. And so what I was looking at and thinking when I saw this at first was I was thinking of Tom. And Tom, who was lecturing me about the right place to hold my hands on the steering wheel because of the airbag and all. And this was after Tom or your daughter took a driving class some years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. So you go ahead. Tell us, Tom, where should you put your hands? so, Mel, that's a good point, and I'm glad you brought it up. So, Mel, when your wife drives with her hands on the top of her steering wheel, if she got into an accident in that position and the airbag went off, blam, she'd slam her hands into her face. That's not the proper place for your hands. It's on the side of the steering wheel so the airbag can fully expand and not drive your hands into your face and destroy what is a wonderful face that a person, you know, is born with. We had her hands surgically removed, so that wouldn't be a problem. So. <laughs> We're ahead of you. Oh, time. that's that's weird. well. Then doesn't matter where she holds the damn steering wheel because she can't hold the damn steering wheel anyway. So I don't really understand why how this how this show started the way that it did. Um, right. But let me. You like the way I really focus you, on the big picture. Let's, let me ask you a real question about about the the Q four earnings call. In your guys's opinion, one word answer from each of you. One word. One word. And I'm going to give you the options. Overwhelming or underwhelming? Melvis. Whelming. <laughs> Damn you. Joel. <laughs> Muted. Very helpful. Robert. I'd say underwhelming like when we went and saw the Model Y reveal. And I think it's for the exact same reason. is because Tesla has arrived. They're an established automaker. They're a big company. There's lots of facets to the company that make it very different than others. But in a very large way, they're no longer this little upstart in Palo Alto putting out these these niche bespoke cars. This is like a big motor company. Um, And I think the steering wheel represents the alternative of Tesla wanting to be the bespoke niche car maker by throwing this steering wheel on there. And I I bet you... $15 $15 that Tesla's going to have an attachment that goes over the top God, of the that's steering like a wheel. thousand and makes a- words. I asked you one word. <laughs> Shut up. Seriously. Joel didn't even get to answer. Joel? Well, Joel's all muted. Oh, yeah. I'd say I, I'll go, I'll go, um, I'll go under while I'm Okay. And, and then back to Robert's point. Yes, we understand an $819 billion company is not a, a, Scrappy little startup in the Silicon Valley, Robert. Thank you, Captain Obvious, for pointing. They kind of yeah, are they're still, not. though. I'm sorry. They're just not. They're the market leader in EV sales. Yeah. Small market, but still. Like, yes. But they want to be. They want to be. It's an $800 billion company. So They want to have a car that goes faster than people. a Bugatti that's $2.3 million. Okay. I will right. agree. I believe it was underwhelming. Whelming, by the way, Melvis, is a shit answer. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> oh, is on fire I, I think it's the best answer. Whelming? That's what I would go with. I, I yeah, yeah, it's it's about like the why. You know, um, they, they didn't have the um, a great 
financials um, in terms of, uh, although they did explain some of that stuff away, but, um, but after that, I mean, it was, it wasn't Elon yelling at somebody and screaming at somebody or whatever, but I'm not sure if these things are like so awesome that we're like knocked off. Well, our again, seats I'm anyway. not, I guess so. my question isn't necessarily as it pertains to the Tesla report. I agree that that was, you know, sort of what you would expect, but like the questions and the answer to the questions, like in general, it feels like a lot of rehashing. I, I would say we're going to get into it, obviously, but just in general, just it was like eh, the most interesting aspect of it for me was uh, the question at 30 minutes and 30 seconds into it, which had to do with battery, the the Cato battery team. But how do you guys want to go about this? How would you like to start this conversation. Who wants to give us the overview? Melvis would like to give us the overview, please. I'm not going to give you the overview. I'm going to give you my my second very insightful uh, note Ooh. because nobody else is talking about this. I'm the only person talking about this. Nobody talks about it, just me. I'm the only Please one. stop. Please stop. Uh, so He's gone. You, need, you just need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me anxiety now. You're right. You're right. You're right. I've got to stop. Um, so first of all, the steering wheel is the problem. And then – and then – the reason it's whelming is because uh, I really do like that new interior. I think that's pretty cool. Mm. But nobody noticed this except me, that the X has 10 miles less range than uh, the prior X. So the prior X had a range of 371, 372, and now this X has a range of 360 for the standard version. They've got this whole write-up about how they've got the new battery tech and they've got all this new structure and all this stuff, and the range in the X has gone down by 10 miles. The range in the standard S has gone up by 4 miles. What's up with that? I was hoping for an X with a range over 400 miles. That's why I'm a little bit whelmed. Don't like the steering wheel, although I might come to love it. I admit that. Um, and the range in the X went down. What's up with that? Good pickup, Mel. It, it is hmm. a lot faster. That might have something to do with it. Could be, but it's all about the range, baby. And is that the plaid or no, is that that's the, the standard? And, the standard. And the plaid is 340, so that goes down even further. Was it okay. clear um, to you, gentlemen, whether or not they were going to at one point only be selling the plaid version? That that felt like kind of because he said you can buy it now and don't worry about it because the plaid version is going to be 10k more. It it didn't it felt a little bit like maybe that would be the only variant, but, but all they really did is change the name from the from the performance. Report, performance became plaid and now plaid is plaid plus. So it was just a little bit of naming nomenclature. Okay. Yeah, the plaid plus also is not available till the end of the year. And it's a little more vague what the difference is for that extra money. They say instead of the top, uh, what is it? The zero to 60 on the plaid is less than one point. No, it's uh, 1.99 seconds. Like, how is that not two seconds? I don't know. And then the plaid plus is less than 1.99 seconds, which is like crazy to consider, but I wonder. And go ahead. The Plaid Plus, the big difference just on the spec sheet so far is the 130 miles plus more range. Um, but I suspect that it'll also be significantly faster than um, what they're saying on the website because basically the acceleration is the same. But it's a huge amount of range increase. How big, huge how big is that battery? Just out of curiosity. 
It's so big. Did, it's uh, 520 plus miles big. Right, but they didn't say know. like how many said. KWHs. I remember last month um, that they talked about under, right around, it was under 120 uh, kilowatt hours, but I don't remember where I saw that now, but um, at least that was a speculation. And the interesting thing I found about is that it's not the new batteries. It's not the new 4680s or whatever they're called. It's just a new iteration of the 18650s. Yeah, that's what Elon right. was saying. And people were like sounding confused on the internet as as all of this was going back and forth. He said they're not changing any of the battery shapes for any of the vehicles, even though Cato Road is ramping up the 4680s because they're so battery constrained. They have to stay with the same architecture of all those batteries and keep all those battery lines running at full speed to keep them just able to be behind on delivering. So where are those 18650s that they are creating? Eight, not 18650, what are they? 4680s. The beer cans. Well, the beer cans from now on, the beer cans. Well, what are they putting those beer cans into? Because if we are to believe it, uh, he's sending out videos showing that they're making lots and lots of beer cans. What are they going to put them in? Or are they just making enough to put in like trial Tesla trucks, trial cyber things? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. I'll I'll try to take that. The um that's what I kind of thought they were going to put them in the plaids. Right, that's what I um, thought. Just because of the extra oomph. Yeah, but it sounds also like maybe they don't fully have um production as speedily as the videos, you know, as the videos show or maybe it was shown the videos in 4X. Are, you know, oh, that's what you're <laughs> Yeah, um or or maybe they're just kind of stockpiling them, getting them ready for Germany when Germany needs, I think because Germany will be up first or Berlin will be up first, and then they'll have a stockpile of 46, 4680 form factors ready to go before they actually are able to build them in Germany. So it's, it's hard to know, but I, I know they have a plan. And I, it's actually smart because they still need to be able to utilize all of the all the cells that they have. And that's what Robert sort of. Yeah. And I think that they're probably going to put, or they're making some of them to go into the semi. Remember the semi needs the highest end quality batteries. And uh, at one point, I think it, I can't remember who it was that had said that they are looking forward to putting more semis out, not full production from Texas, obviously, because that Jerome. Jerome. And so I think they're probably going to pump out another, I don't know, two or a dozen semis with the new form factor cells because I think that's the vehicle that's going to get them first. Right. But, okay, but at 59.22, and I did some time coding, at about 59.22 of the talk, they asked a question (laughs) of about electric vans and Elon's comment was we will make a van at some point, but we don't have enough cells to make semis. The semi uses five X five times the amount of cells that a car does, but does not sell for five times the cost of the, of a car. And so to me, that was, that was a really kind of telling moment in a lot of ways about semi in general and their, their mindset. And my guess is anybody who had put a deposit on a semi is like, 
excuse me, what? what? What are you talking about at this point? Like, it really felt like he was kind of down in general on the semi. So maybe no. at least from not down on the semi, but like down on their ability to make the semi at 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 a pro- at profitability. Yeah, guess, using the same cells that they're putting in their cars, right? right? So well, this is another reason why the 4680 cell, which is like, I don't know, an order of magnitude less expensive to make is so critical for the semi success. Yeah, and I think that's probably sorry, that's probably likely you know, they could be making those batteries like you said, Mel, to go into eventual semi production, but the question I guess is those batteries can't really sit around for a long time. Like right? they can't just build batteries and have them sit on the sidelines because they will they need to be used, charged and discharged or they'll start to degrade at, at some point and that point is probably like 6 months into it, but yeah. Um, so one is that if you think about like a, at least the current version of the Model S, um, 100 kilowatt hours and they're selling it for about 75000 The Semi is starting at around 150 or so and you is, well, it re- he's sort of, um, I think sandbagging it a little bit, but because there'll be multiple ranges, but um, still you can get a lot more revenue from sales by purchasing you know model three or model s or selling those right now and i think that's that's all he meant by that sometimes he comes off a little bit too honest in some ways in his um in his his talk i because jerome sounded very not only very excited about it but like they were going to be building them very soon even though even even though elon said everything he said it still sounded like them you mean the semi the semi. So um, maybe in small amounts too. Sorry, go ahead, Mel. There's no way that they are going to um, just leave batteries sitting around. Like he said it a thousand times. We are battery constrained. Everything battery constrained. Battery constrained. I don't think that they're going to make a trillion of the beer cans and just sit them on pallets for months. I uh, just don't see it happening. So uh, will they put them into like you're saying? If they're going to have a few more prototype. Um, semis that's fine but that video and their suggestion is that um, they're actually producing a significant volume of those so what are they going to put them in will they stick them in the plaid and they just haven't told us that part Um, I just again I wish somebody with some more insight uh, could have asked specifically the question how many batteries are coming off right now how many are going to come off in the next month where are you putting them yeah. So what they did say at, a, at again, around 30 minutes into the call was the Cato team has installed about 10 gigawatts of capacity right now. So they're at 10 gigawatts. I don't know. That's 10 gigawatts over the course of a year. You guys, somebody can do the math, probably Joel real quick to see like how many vehicles that would actually, you know, add up to. Um, it's, it's not many, my guess is it's, it's even less semis and maybe it is just enough to do the testing, uh, that they're doing on the Cybertruck design or on the wise. Like it's, it's, it's kind of hard to know. I mean, another interesting aspect of that nice calculator, uh, by the way, uh, yeah, it's too many zeros for this calculator. I'm sorry. One of the, one of the other, one of the other things they said was their their goal for Cato would be a hundred and a hundred gigawatt hours by by twenty twenty two. But to get to a hundred, they're installing two hundred gigawatt hours of capacity at Cato. That came at a 
that that information came at a different time, but they were like, we're going to install 200 of cap total capacity with the hopes of getting to 100 gigawatt hours. So that's kind of you know the 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 max max ceiling at 100% production of Cato is is 200 gigawatt hours. Go go Joel, you did the math. Um, actually, I didn't yet. Well, then, um, but uh, maybe Robert did. But um, the one thing we should realize, though, is that was installed capacity. That wasn't um, actual. Yeah, for sure. Yet. No, I get that. I so, mean, but but it's still like so for even yeah, the for 10. even the okay, ten. Okay, so you want right? to even mean, know just like for... if they were at if they installed ten gigawatts and they were able to let's say they're at fifty percent capacity. Sure. I don't know. Like, what is it? Like, okay. we we're obviously speculating because we're trying to answer Mel's question about what are they doing with those batteries? Like, how many batteries is? Five gigawatts. How many batteries is ten gigawatts? Yeah. So I just did a quick uh, calculation. A hundred gigawatt uh, hours. If you look at Model Three, which is like seventy-five kilowatts, is a million three hundred thousand cars. It's a lot. Uh, that math seems off. Is anybody you might else? Be off by an order of <laughs> I think so? that math I mean, is like, off. It seems like too I much. mean, a giga is the next step a up from a kilos. A thousand kilos is a giga, no. correct? No. So uh, it was about thirty-five this year, uh, thirty-five to forty this year, and it was just about five hundred thousand. So, I mean, we can look at yeah. how they what they produced. So, a so gigawatt. Yeah, I think you're off by one zero. I think it's a hundred and something thousand cars. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I asked Joel um, to do the, the math. other point. I don't know if you guys are just wondering, looking back. So, I was sorry. Told I, I, <laughs> The um the the other thing that I wanted to mention too was uh there's there's been job openings in um in the Gigafactory one uh and the talk is at least initially is that the semis are going to have the uh either the twenty one not the forty six eighties so probably not the eighty six fifties but the what twenty one seventies um at least initially. Um, so yeah, Mel, you know, maybe they're not holding them. Uh, I'm just not, either they're not really producing a lot or there's something else they're not telling us. And what, what, what's interesting is, um, I sort of wrote down when I wrote down things here and when people listen, yes, you can listen to Elon and Elon has these stretch goals that he likes to sort of rally the troops around, um, um, but when Drew says it, or when Jerome says it, or when Zach says it, I I definitely write a note there because I think that they're being they're usually underselling um, the situation. And there was a couple times when, and I, I think I put in some notes here that I shared with you guys. There's a couple times that you could almost hear them like saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," three or four years, and right, right, Drew, and he's like, "Yeah, three or four years," and so it sounds like they're they have a lot more planned than, and they plan to, they think they're ready to do. For example, again, like um, Plaid or the new Model S, and at least one of the Plaids, I guess, is out now. And so they're going to get some people to, 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 to spend the money now instead of what the end of the year is what they said they were going to do. So there's a lot more sandbagging that's going on. Um, their installed capacity uh, right now that they showed in the, the slide I think it was 1,050,000 cars. But do we hear what their plan is for selling for next year? I, I'm, I'm betting it's going to be under a million. It'll be probably 800,000 or so. 
I don't know if they said it. Ben Sullins, I just watched his analysis, and he's betting that there will be just under a million next year, and then 1.7 the year after. I don't know where he gets his data from, but he is a data analysis, so it's probably something like that. But that's actually a really good point that you brought up. Um, the Plaid one is coming. It's in production right now. This supercar that can go under two seconds, I can go and uh, put an order in right now, and I get it in February. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, to go back to answer that question, when at around 57 minutes into the call, they ask about human workers limiting the growth. Um, and, and Elon says that he believes that 50% growth rate is possible for years to come and maybe a little more in 2021. So that in and of itself kind of gives you an idea of where that that's not like guidance guidance as you would say like official guidance but it is that that would be around a 750,000 unit number now whether or not that is factoring in 50% growth at the existing factories and the capacity of the two new factories it's it's hard to know like what kind of numbers he's putting on that i did think that one of the interesting comments where they talked about capex and and when they were talking about that part was that Somebody asked them a question about their access to capital, right? The fact that they have more actual capital allows them to build a factory like Austin and a factory like Germany at full capacity from the jump as opposed to a slow ramp up of capacity. So you build the building and then maybe you put one line in it, but they can basically build the building and put the maximum number of lines in it because they have the money to buy the machines and all that other stuff. So they their, their ramp up of new factories is much quicker, which is a very like like a hidden tidbit in my opinion of information that, that he sort of said really fast, but I was like, oh, that's actually a quite like interesting, like, piece of information because it really does make the effective use of capital that much better in, in a lot of ways. They were, uh, they were talking about that uh, 50% increase in terms of uh, people. I think one of the yeah, they, investors they were, was like, but well, if, do, you have enough, do you have enough people? And they're like, well, we think we're going to get 50% more people. I don't know if that you know, relates directly to production. But you need people again, to produce, right? Is, I mean, like you definitely need people to yeah. produce. No, no, he definitely, I mean, he, there was, he talked about the 50% a couple times and Zach, Zach said something too that was related, but it was, Elon's been saying for a while, this 50% growth. And um, so, and they think they're going to, I mean, their current, their current capacity, excluding Berlin and Texas is 1 million cars or their, their installed annual capacity. That includes China so and Fremont, correct? That's China and with Fremont. The, we don't know whether China. that capacity includes the capacity to build cells to beat the to meet the vehicle capacity, right? Like, so they actually have they sort of have two capacity situations, right? They have this vehicle capacity, and then they have cell capacity, and and even towards the end. Elon was very, very clear, like, look, we're doing a great job on these cells. It has no bearing at all on other cell manufacturers. Like, we told everybody, we'll buy as many as you have. So they're using their cell capacity to supplement their ability to buy cells from, from uh, LG and Panasonic and whoever else. Like, if, me, if the four of us opened a cell factory, uh, my guess is Tesla would buy our batteries. I'm just, just throwing that out there, guys. My guess is the business would last five minutes and then there'd be three people <laughs> in the week. <laughs> well, there is that. 
there is that. Yeah. So that was the to me that was the biggest story, and it's been the same story for a while. It's it's they are constrained by batteries, constrained by batteries, almost to the point where you can feel the anxiety. Like we'll buy every cell, uh, increase your capacity, LG and everybody else. We need every cell because they have no problem selling these cars. Um, and he says it over and over again, we just need more batteries. And then you talk about Tesla energy, which exploded. It's like twice at what it was the quarter before. It's like, give me your cell. I'm worried that Elon's going to come over to my house here and start taking batteries out of my electronics. Well, I'm glad you actually mentioned the solar because the first question when they started taking questions at around 27 minutes was, what is holding Tesla back from leading market share in solar? And the answer to me was also very, very interesting. He says, we want to be, and then Zach came on and basically said, they need to get costs down, costs down on the production of cells so they can be the cheapest on price in the market. So the goal, and it, and it is, it's such an interesting, for me, like an interesting mindset switch because Tesla does not make the cheapest EVs, right? They make the the best EVs, right? They're not the, the price leader in that marketplace. But because energy is such a different situation, it's not sexy, right? No one cares like about driving their cell, their solar panels around or whatever. Like they just need to make them cheap and sell them cheap. And if they can do those two things, they will lead in the marketplace. So like the, the, the solar marketplace is the race to the bottom, right? Like for, for the most part, it's the race to the bottom. It's it's so vastly different than their other business. And I, I just found that to be quite interesting. It seems like they were also uh, banking on the fact that if they can integrate their solar systems, be they panels or solar roof with Powerwall, that would be their sort of uh, niche that would keep uh, other... Because I don't think you can put a Powerwall on another solar system. I think, Mel, you've had some issues with that. I've talked to two or three people who wanted power walls, who have other solar systems, and they couldn't get anybody to do it. Um, no, that is not true. So uh, we have power walls on two different installations with non-Tesla um, solar And how smooth cells. was that? One is working fantastically, and then half of the other one is working fantastic because <laughs> it's two and two. And it's not. The, it's very complicated. But um, so you can do it, and I don't think it's a big issue. And and they sell a lot of power walls to third party installers that don't use their um, solar that don't use their solar panels. So um, I don't think that's true. Uh, I'm calling you out. That's a lie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to go back to some other stuff. Like so, at the very beginning, the first like 20 minutes or so was basically Elon giving. What was the time I don't have a time yeah. code. It's the first first 20 minutes. And seconds, please, so, so everybody's following along. First 20 minutes or so. Um, they talked a little bit about, it was right after they talked about the FSD with a 1,000 people in the public beta, and then he mentions reliability in excess of human beings by end of year. How many end of years <laughs> has Elon said this exact same freaking thing? Don't hold your forehead, Joel, like I'm a hater or something like that. Like, I'm you not. Are. I'm just, <laughs> come on, because I'm talking about, I'm asking the question, like how many times has he finally... <laughs> because you're talking, you're a hater. Yes, yeah, true. That's, that's how true. many times has he said this to us over, over the course of the years? Now, I'm shaking my, or I'm putting that my... My thing on my head is because my hand on my head is because you know we we it's hard to to believe it fully. 
I have to see it now at this point uh, for, I think for software things, whatever his number is, I, you know, like I said before, I think you got to add, um, you kind of have to double it and um, maybe add a couple extra units there, whatever it is. If he's saying months, double it and add an extra okay. month. If he's saying a year, double it and add an <laughs> so extra So that would year. mean we're still three years away <laughs> from... <laughs> I, I don't know. Like he's the at the end of the year. So that's the end of in two yeah. years or something. It's what I think. Um, what we're st what's starting to emerge, for the most part, I think, is that the uh, Tesla is doing a really good job now of um, of estimating when their hardware, new hardware products are coming out. I think they're doing a really good job with that. But what they're not doing a good job with is on the software on the software side. And there's only one piece of software that anybody really cares about. Spotify. It even is happens for Spotify like, integration. Is that what yeah, we're talking about? Yeah. But it's it's actually almost anything because I think in some ways um, it's very, it's much more tan. Well, obviously it is tangible for hardware, but they can um, they can see all the steps in front of them in order to get to get whatever it is. Build a new build a new factory. Um, create forty six eighties. They feel like they're all on path to do everything that they're promising. But it's only Elon talking there. And um, for FSD, and it looks amazing. Um, you know, we've talked to Kim Paquette. She sounds, um, the things sound great and look awesome, but I still feel like it's still much longer away. Uh, but it could also be right there, and you just don't know. But, but it keeps. That's but why I shake keep, my head. Yeah, and, and, and in the call, they talked about this a little bit. They keep changing the parameters, right? They used to have, it used to be a single camera and a, and a still photo, right, that they were having to identify things in. And now it's eight cameras and all video. So now they're having to retrain the entire neural net to read video and be able to label video in real time. So it's like... People I have to grow, that, Tom. <laughs> settle down, dude. Like I understand they that they have to change. But when they were only doing, when they were only doing single photo, single vi single photo labeling, they thought they could get to full self driving and drive across the country. And now, and they never did. Just gonna throw that out there. And they never did. I don't think he ever thought he could with the well, original. I mean, that AP. was the technology that they were using. That was the t like they the, knew they were going to the get somewhere. Goalposts and that, I'm are just moving. saying incrementally. Sure, the goalposts are that's moving. That's the problem. Sure, that's a, is that that's they a good... think that you know it's hubris. You know, if I think that it can happen, I mean, what I heard on the call was that eventually we're going to need to have all new cameras in the car. No, he did no. say. He well, said he said. Well, well it's weird. He no, he, he said, did not. He, he said did basically not. that like Come software 1.0 could run full self driving, although it hasn't. And that they didn't need software no, or hardware. I'm sorry, hardware 1.0 could, could run it. Two, the, the, because Car somebody asked two. about chip 2.0. Is it? But is it chip one in hardware two? Is that what we're no. talking about? Is that yeah, what the yeah, deal yeah. is? Okay, so the um, I was waiting for you to get all upset about. I'm that. not you upset about it. I'm just now. I'm just talking. Oh, you sure no. look like you're upset. <laughs> I'm animated because I'm trying to make no. the show interesting. Yes. But whatever, that's cool. Yes, right. Yeah. You're you're doing all the work for us. That's what I'm, yeah. Thank you. Anyway, so 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 what? They never said AP one was going to work. What he said was he thought AP two would work, but he he always said every uh, he thought AP two would work. And that was the um, Nvidia system that was built in, but he always hedged it and said, but if it doesn't, 
will promise to replace with hardware that does. And that was the new, so now this is the, the first version of the Tesla chips, okay? And, and so what he said today, so the question was, the second version that he said that they were going to be working on last year, um, what's the status of that? So before he actually answered what the status of it was, he said, one, the hardware will completely work. We haven't fully utilized the hardware that we have. Um, that includes the, the, the chips, um, the cameras, everything would perfectly work. And then he said, well, and, but you know, Elon keeps moving on. And he said, this, the new chipset will be three and a half times or three times faster. will be uh, more power efficient. We'll use higher quality cameras. They're still moving on. So, um, but they believe they still believe that they can do it. They can do it with this system. Yeah, so um, what I read from that, so I, I want to back up Tom there. You're right, the goalpost keeps changing. You know, if the end of the year for the last two or three years, the robo thing is going to be all happening because we're going to have full self-driving. So they pushed it another year, end of this year. I'll believe it when I see it. Although it is definitely getting better if you look at the beta testers, it's definitely getting better. The chipset mm -hmm. that they currently have, he said, with the current cameras, even with the video instead of the still frames, it's got plenty of room to do that. But he did say um, that the next thing is higher resolution cameras. And I'm sure that this new chipset, which will be um, three times faster, um, it'll be a waste to use that right now because the software can't keep up. But they should keep doing it because he said in the call, we want to be twice as good as a human. And then we want to be a hundred times better than a human and you're not going to get there with this chipset and this these cameras so i do want them to get better and better all the time but i just would like them to get to phase one which is reasonably good as a human self-driving and he keeps pushing that out that's a perfect that's a perfect comment right like get it to work and make it better it was a perfect phone call and a perfect comment <laughs> stop it i am going to <laughs> mute you I don't want to hear. There's it. a backstory to the why Elon even answered the question, and um, it was yesterday or the day before. Nvidia with uh, Neo came out with a a, a self-driving set of chips that were extremely performant, um, and they called out essentially what Tesla had done, saying that they're much faster and they did you know all these extra things. Um, so he's not. He's never, he always wants to be number one and it doesn't matter. And if somebody's saying he's not, then he's going to, he's going to talk about what he's doing next, or he's going to come out with a newer car. He's always holding something back. It's just so like, with I don't think we need to get too nervous yet because he's talking about hardware four. I think that's the only reason he's talking about hardware four. Right. This is like when Lucid came out and said, we have a car that does 310 miles. I said, He'll come out with the plaid version that has uh, 520 because he cannot stand to not be as good. So, yeah, when I saw NVIDIA come out with their stuff, I'm like, Elon's going to have to burst that. If, you've heard, if you remember hearing, um, one thing Elon says a lot is the world likes um, firsts and superlatives. Um, and he talks, he's, I've watched almost all the videos uh, or, or places where he's spoken and he says that a lot. But I think he also means for himself that he likes first and superlatives. And he wants to be, he wants his, his products to be the first to do something 
and to be the superlatives. SpaceX last week, uh, this week actually, 143 satellites is a record. That's a that's a superlative. He wants to he wants to be the or at least the you know the best right. at that point. He he wants to make this car the fastest, uh, the Model S. That's a that's it too. And there's actually an interesting side story about Trump, but we won't talk about that because he actually had a poem that he spoke about, and it kind of seemed like. He might have been Donald talking Trump about Trump had himself. a poem? Did it start but, with there once was a man from Nantucket or? <laughs> no, it was about a snake. <laughs> here, here I sit. Was it one of those two things? <laughs> okay. It was a snake. Maybe we yeah, can play it great, at the end. Joel. That'd be but, that'd be awesome. So Yeah, maybe that will be ah, my media. Ah, I was thinking that'd be, <laughs> yes. that'd be, yes, that'd I want be everybody to But hear what I will that. say about um, that is if he wanted to be first and he wanted to have the superlatives, then FSD at at exactly as good as a human can drive would be pretty awesome. And then the next version of it could have been FSD two times better than a human can drive. And then three times better than a human can drive. But he went from FSD not existing to, oh, I'm going to make FSD three times better than a human. I'm going to make FSD four times. Like, at some point, just make it. Just <laughs> make it. Just make it. You've sold it. Right, you you've sold it, and I bet you there's a lot of people who bought Computer One who were like, mm, "Yeah, I think I'm going to get FSD on, on, on Computer One," and I do want to talk about other things, and I don't want to be the one that's like constantly harping on this thing, but it, I, but you do, yeah, you do. but some one of us has to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no that's fine. I, while ahead, we're Robert. on the FSD topic, I thought it was interesting, and I don't understand all of the elements to this, but he was asked why Dojo which is the FSD self-training program, isn't... <laughs> Tom's doing some serious kung fu there on this show. <laughs> Why that wasn't, wasn't uh, required. And then he talked about this whole uh, holy grail of auto-labeling. I guess they're still using people to label uh, elements of video that the cars see. So maybe every time I do push that bug report, because the car is doing some goofy stuff, uh, they actually go and have someone label it, probably someone who earns a lot less money than I do. And uh, and I think this is interesting that they're, they're working on, it seems to me like listening to the fine details of what they were saying, full self-driving is a long ways away. And I guess you guys have been saying that a long time and now I'm just feeling kind of depressed. <laughs> I think when you push the bug report button, it's like flushing the toilet on a cruise ship. I think it just goes right out the bottom. <laughs> it's it's like pushing the elevator button fast, you know, more time. Well, that that actually works, Joel. Okay, you keep doing it. You keep doing it. So there there was one interesting thing that he when he did mention um, Dojo, which um, for people that may not know is. Um, is the uh, is a a supercomputer that uh, will do automated labeling and will do some training of the it of teaches the AI, computers. Uh, it's a computer the, to teacher, right? Is kind of the yeah the, the yeah the best. computer computer that teaches a computer. Um, that system uh, also sounds like it's going to have specialized chips as well um, from whatever rumors out there. Um, and but secondarily, though, um, Elon did mention that he will be sort of giving access right. to other folks. Um, and if you remember, too, that uh, 
there was an earlier tweet um, this month that they'll be uh, they'll have an AI day sometime this this year as well. Um, and I think it's just like the first half first half of the year. So that could be a um, fairly important um, business line as well. Is um, so, and I know well Tom could get really upset about Tesla doing something new as far as business lines go. But um, in a lot of ways, um, what happened with Amazon and their um, Amazon Web Services is Amazon was building out, trying to build out fast enough for new customers around the globe, then had excess computer capacity. And they can't, somebody came up with an idea to sell that extra computer capacity to other folks. And essentially, that's what it sounds like Elon wants to do with Dojo as well, is you won't be training all the time, and you'll need it for sometimes. But other times you could sell some of that excess capacity and then it could be its own business. Yeah, I was thinking about that and like, well, what else could use visual recognition and sort of navigation? And I thought, well, space, right? They're they're wanting to go to Mars and do stuff in space, which is like a whole nother uh, bunch of elements as far as physics go, because you have different gravities and microgravities and all sorts of other uh, um, interactions. And then I thought about medicine like guiding some of these robots for internal surgeries where you don't actually have your hands on the patient. I mean, there's just so many ways for this to go. And if this is an element of Tesla's value, then how much is that going to be worth? Yeah, I thought that that was interesting uh, too, because he was saying this AI that we have that's training the car is, and then he does his stuttering thing. And I thought he was going to say probably as good as anybody in the world. But he's like uh, a fact, uh, an order of magnitude better than anybody else's. And then he went into the we could sell this, and it turns out that I've just got this now on the on the internet. Just got it right now. That the first person they're selling this AI to is Cyberdyne Systems. <laughs> so, <that'd> be- <laughs> uh, so yeah. on that point, like, so you talked about profits and and profitability of the company, and there was a question at forty four fifty. Yes, forty four, right around forty four fifty. Uh, of this who call, asked I don't know who asked it. It was a it was a it was a person, and basically the question was: Is profit is your profitability power tied to your battery capacity? And the answer was yes. It's limited to the company's battery capacity. Growth is dependent on cell production. They want more cells from all suppliers. But then he said this, and 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 I want to talk about value of the company for a little while. He said the value of the company is based on cell output equaling vehicle output and that and whatever that number is you can kind of basically double that and that's the revenue for FSD and that's the value of Tesla. That's what he said during the meeting. That's the value of Tesla. That didn't say anything about energy, right? Nothing about power walls, nothing mm-hmm. about mega packs, nothing about any of that other stuff that we're talking about. It's like the value of the company, as Elon stated, maybe he misspoke, maybe he didn't, I don't know, is tied directly to cell production, vehicles, and FSD. And I think that has to do with the robo-taxi stuff as we move forward. And and I do have some follow-up information on that, but I'll let Mel sort of respond to that initially. Yes, because they somebody asks, you know, are you worth your valuation? And then he did that math. And we've said that before a hundred times. If you truly can crack autonomy, 
like truly crack it, then that is just multi-trillion dollar business. And and Tesla energy and stuff will also be very big. But if you can really make every truck, every car, every delivery vehicle be autonomous, um, then you absolutely crush multiple industries. And that's just, I don't know, is it a $10 trillion industry or more? So I think he's absolutely correct there. It's bigger than Uber. It's bigger than Lyft. It's bigger than Amazon delivery. It's bigger than FedEx. So um, that's why he comes up with like, if you want to know if we're really worth uh, being a $10 trillion company one day, if we do full self-driving, we're done here. We have all the money. Yeah. So I think that came from the institutional investor questions on say.com where they asked profit link to batteries. He said the goal was three terawatt hours, but he said that half of it would go to storage. And then when it came to the value of the cars, I think what he was saying is that the cars normally nowadays drive just a handful of hours a day, maybe, but when they're full autonomous, they'll drive six hours a day, eight hours a day, 12 hours a day. So the value of a vehicle will grow by a factor of whatever, two, six, 10. And that is linked to the value of the company as well, which I think, you know, it just says that how important. So it's about batteries. If auto, if they can crack autopilot, that blows the doors off of everything. Yeah. And then the other thing was that they were talking about the efficiencies that they gain. So this is why they're going to throw the octa valve and the heat pump into all of the cars eventually and you know the better braking systems and so all of those are kind of small compared to the batteries but yeah but yeah and again i'll go if that is the case and fsd is the key but fsd keeps getting moved right it keeps getting moved they keep moving it they keep pushing it it's the key but it's but they keep do you think it's less important? No, I'm not saying, saying it's think not it's less, less important. important? I, I, why do you think he's moving? I don't know. Why, the, why do you think I, he's moving? Because it? they haven't done it. Why haven't well, they, they done well, it? Well, think about it. Why You're a smart guy. Why, why do you think he's moving it? it? It's because they can't do hard. it. They haven't figured it out yet. They're working. It's but very he, hard. But why does he like anything okay. worth no, pursuing? Is hard. But 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 he hasn't done it on any level. He hasn't done it on any level, and he keeps saying he's going to do it better, better, better. I drove all the way home from work yesterday in autopilot. That was fucking awesome. You did? Did you get? Did you yeah. drive from the? Did your car drive you from the hospital onto the freeway, off the freeway, onto the car? I had to do the, the turn onto the freeway and the turn off okay. of the freeway. Yes, thank you. That's not full self driving. Do you still have to pay attention to what your car's doing? Where you're sitting in the back seat? Thank you. That's not full self driving. Tom, Tom, <laughs> Tom, uh, you're you're conflating full self driving. It's all done with. It's not improving. It's not better. It's gotten substantially better. It is getting better all the time. Elon was like saying with his alpha versions, he's driving to places he's never been before. What I hear you saying is like, but it's not getting better. It's getting substantially better. It's just not getting better as fast as he thought um, because as you know, Joel was saying, they've gotten really good at like working out when they can make more cars, but the software thing is a little harder. But I don't think you should be uh, giving people the impression that it's not progressing it's progressing pretty quickly i don't know if it'll be at the end of the year but it's certainly progressing what my car can do now is substantially better than it could yeah i totally understand that like enhanced autopilot is amazing and getting better and better and better full self-driving full self-driving does not exist something that does not exist cannot get better 
right? Like even Elon said that when he has the advanced beta version, he is like the interventions or whatever are going way down. Interventions are not FSD. I'm sorry, it's not. And I get the semantic argument and I'm not trying to be a pain in the ass, but FSD is FSD and improvements on FSD is... FSD has to exist. And apparently, I've won the first Talking Tesla Award of 2021. I've won the Curmudgeon Award. Curmudgeon. Apparently, I think you may have spelled misspelled Curmudgeon. No, so, I looked it uh, up. It's right there. Okay, good. So that's stop good. this in your <laughs> ass, man. man. But, but so but that's fine. Uh, but, but again, like, I, I will say, like, yes. Enhanced autopilot, autopilot in general is amazing. It gets better and better and better every month, every year, every week, whatever, every day, every hour. Full self-driving, the thing that we that you have paid multiple times for, is not a oh. thing that exists. Seven. Is not a thing that exists. It's not a thing that exists. I'm not right, sure. Right, but okay. So one is that you can't... So. You can do whatever Thank you want. Thank you. I appreciate but that. FSD is <laughs> is autopilot, current, you know, whatever it is right now, all the way up until full, real, autonomous level four or level five. That's he uses that term to describe everything. So you to you know you're playing a sort of a name game there in terms. Of, well, how can that get better when you don't even have it? How can I mean? Geez, I, man. Anyway, but what I would say to you is that it is getting better whatever you want to call it, and then eventually he'll get to there. But the other piece is that I want to say is I did accept the changing or moving goalposts. He's not moving goalposts. He's, he keeps moving the timeline to when he can, he can get through the goalposts. The goalpost has been the same. He's been saying for, I'd say, since 2017, uh, he wants these to be, it probably will have to be 10 times better than a human before regulators will accept it. He's been saying that consistently. Now, what's been different each time is what he thinks is going to be enough to get them through and where they are. That's not moving the goalposts. That's thinking that you are um, you're winning and you're not you're losing. Um, and but he needs to just continue. He's continuing on and he's he's going for what he needs to go for. And I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, it's he's got to talk. People want him to talk, and then once he starts talking, he he starts making promises. It's just the way. Again, is. autopilot is amazing. Enhanced autopilot is incredible. The technology that they are putting in these cars is amazing, and none of it is full self-driving. Oh, Tom, I just want to reach you and <laughs> slap you on the uh, Let me uh, ask you this question. It. Have you sat in your back seat and driven your car? It's not full self-driving if you haven't done that. Like It's just it's not. not. We okay. all agree, but it's getting better. If you TM, take away it, autopilot. A, uh, no, but did you see the guy who uh, was in the back seat of his car, and the yes. car was driving, and his mother filmed it? Oh my God, that was ridiculous. Yeah, that, it's cool, and, and I'm—I'll uh, be that guy on this show. That's cool. I'll continue to—I'll continue to be that, that guy. guy on that show, and and and, and it doesn't matter. But I—I want to ask you guys another question about valuation. Hold on one second, uh, uh, Joel. Um, so it seemed like during this last few months, where Tesla has just run up to being an eight hundred billion dollar company, Elon's been like, "The valuation's crazy. I don't understand what you guys are doing. This seems." It seems like it's reaching this atmospheric thing. And in this call at the beginning, he justified the valuation of Tesla. He justified the number that they're at and even an even bigger number 
in this call. And I'm, I, I don't disagree with him. I just think I thought it was just very, very interesting that after so much time of saying that, like, it doesn't, it's not worth it, it's not worth it, it's not worth it, in this call several times, he was like, oh, for sure Tesla's worth more than you guys think it is. And you know what that tells me? Is that they're really close to actually cracking self-driving because I noted that. <laughs> And I've never heard him say that before. And then he was talking about the self-driving thing. And I think internally they're like, oh, damn, we are getting close. Because he has never th- said for months, like, it's, this is out of control. It's crazy. But I think they see uh, the horizon better than us and like, oh, actually, you know what? A trillion dollar valuation. I know they're saying this around the they're drinking coffees like, suckers, we're going to be 10 trillion. They are internally very happy. And I hear the giggling of Jerome and all the other kids in the background there. They're like, oh, you people have no idea. This is going to explode. You know what, though? Um, Elon did twice say that it's not, we're not worth that number. But what he said is, um, but at some point we will be worth in that this number. this call, he said they and weren't? So, no, 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 no. This was, uh, what, like... A year ago, uh, and then like eighteen months, two years ago, he said he said that you know he's, they're not worth it. Um, but he said he he's also said we're not worth it, but we're working to be worth more than that. And so the time's coming. Is it a year? Two years? Yeah, I mean for sure. I but this is the first time I've... in like a, an earnings call. This is where it matters. Right, like when you say things like this on an earnings call, investors, this is this is the stuff that the SEC looks at, right? Like you say things like that in the on Twitter, that's one thing. Uh, sure, the SEC is looking at that, but if you say it in an earnings mm-hmm. call, that that it has weight behind it. And I agree, I, I do believe that you know maybe they do think that you know they might be getting closer to FSD. Okay, I mean I get it. Like that's what they need to be. I, I think the big story in the next few years is going to be just how huge the valuation is. Um, I th- You look at uh, Apple's valuation and it's sort of gotten out of control. And But I think Tesla could be the first $5 trillion company in uh, the next few years. If uh, full self-driving by the end of the year really actually happens, if they can fix some of the battery constraints, Tesla will be valued – here it is. I'm just saying it right now. It's going to be a $5, million, a $5 trillion company within three years. Yeah, take it to the bank. Boom. So, Tom, I'm sorry, I don't hear you guys. I can hear oh, okay, you. Okay, good. I think Mel got muted. I don't know if he muted himself or you did, Tom. I muted because I dropped. I just dropped the mic and nobody cared. Tom, what do you think of all of the videos and all of the reports by the full self-driving beta testers, of which now there's, what, 100? I think that's the number I heard. And he's going to start rolling out more broadly. What do I think about it? I yeah. mean, how many of those people, even Elon himself, like is, is how many interventions per mile or per 10 miles or whatever it is? Like, again, I agree. It, like FSD is FSD period, right? FSD, we all know like the definition of FSD, or maybe we don't all agree on the definition of FSD. The definition of FSD is level five, right? Level five autonomy. Is that, are we in agreement at least on that? Okay. No. Well, then we're talking about different things, and we no, we have. Four. I, I think it can be four definition Tom. issues. Um, 
Well, no. What a robo taxi needs to be five, though, right? A robo taxi needs to be no. Technically, yeah. If you don't geofence well, it, you probably want it to be five. No, you you could have a steering wheel in it, um, and uh, essentially, you um, there's some places where you can't go, um, and if you define those places, and let's say they're backwoods and like certain kinds of weather, as long as you're not doing that, you could you could be a four and you could still be a robo taxi. So I mean that's that's kind of fine. My- but from Oh, go ahead, Mo. Go ahead. Well, tell me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding of, of four and five is a little bit subtle. Four is basically it can drive itself by itself, doesn't need human intervention at all, but level five takes it to the next level under any circumstances. It's almost like the freaking thing is sentient. Like under any circumstances, it can do it. So that's the way I understand five is a little bit semantic because I know a lot of people who are not level five and a whole bunch of people who aren't even level four. Let me ask you this question. Your son gets in a Tesla robo taxi. What level does it need to be for you? It needs to be level four and has been demonstrated to be multiple times better than a human. Okay. Yeah, Tom, like for example, it could be like these um, Google cars right now are very good, but they're not going to be able to go in the snow. But if you're in California and there's no chance of snow, it's no big deal. Basically, the difference is is there's some defined domains where a level four can't go, and um, it knows it and it stays away from those domains, or it stops it it alerts and says it it can't go in. Okay, these but domains. it's still doing Other it. That, but it's, it's but it doesn't fine. need the human, right? It's still a robot. Okay, so it's a robo taxi that can't drive in the snow. Fine, I'll, I'll give yeah. you that. We're not close to that. No. So, but let me just finish with one point though. In um, we can move on. You know, I don't know if it's uh, um, you're just saying this or whatever, but FSD is a product, um, full self-driving or level, let's just call it level four or level five is something else. They're not at level four or level five. I completely understand. But he's talking about when he's talking about FSD, he's just talking about the product that he that is essentially um, autopilot at that point. Okay. So then we're then then oh, that's that's insane to me right because like if you're talking about fsd is about robo taxis which is tied to valuation well they're calling it fsd now though that's the thing he's calling well, it, it FSD be. now it's obviously it's but he not isn't. Okay, okay but he is so i'm saying it's a product all right and I, well that that's a problem in my opinion can i just like back us out from the sort of absolute has to be a hundred percent every time everywhere to what matters if they can get a car to drive all throughout Los Angeles County or New York City without any intervention and be some number, 2x, 10x better than any driver, what's the value of that? Forget it. I'm not, I don't want I'm, I'm, to, if you live in Kansas, love you, man, but I'm just trying to make a point. In the biggest markets, if they can make this thing work and they have the reins are off. Send out the cars. The value is going to blow up. So it doesn't really matter. I, it does to the people who live in Big Bear where it snows and they want to have a full self-driving car take them home after the bar. But if it goes out in the cities, if it goes out in the places where there's money to pay for it, it's forget it. It's over. It does snow in New York. I just want to. Yeah, yeah, but not that, that much in the city. 
And when it does really bad, the taxis aren't running either. It's going to have to handle snow, but I, I think once we get to near near five levels, um, people are going to start to say, well, geez, uh, does it really have to go off-road? Does it really have to do, you know, some of these things that most people never do? Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I think I'll, that's really. I'll, you know, I'll step that back point. from from that aspect of it, right? Like, let's call it advanced level four. Let's call it's it four do snow, plus. Though. I mean, I don't care what you want to call it. It's yeah. not doing any of that now, right? It's not at. It's not even at a high three at the moment, is it? No, it's not. But actually, can I just get back well, on the snow thing? Snow is not a problem when you have really uh, high resolution maps, uh, high resolution GPS. So uh, I can't see the road, but I know where the road is. So. Uh, we're a little bit uh, stuck on the snow thing here because that screws up the cameras, but that's how you get to level four or five everywhere. It's like the world has been so heavily mapped by GPS, probably put up by SpaceX. It can do it within six inches anywhere in the world. Uh, we'll be good there too. What level is it? I, again, I'm, I, I want to like really tie into this, this, this robo-taxi situation. Like what level is it when I call a robo-taxi – from where I'm at right now, and it comes to me and takes me where I want to go. What level is that? It could be four or five. Okay, so four. We could say, like, it can do that four. It may not be able to do that everywhere, but it can do that in 90% of the places under 90% of the conditions in level four. Is that is that fair? So how mm-hmm. close to what... How More close, than 90%, though, Right, though. how close to where we are right now is that? So he may in be calling it FSD... <laughs> he may be calling it FSD, year, but what we have right now is not FSD. It's just not. I'm sorry, but it's not. Okay. Okay. Great. It's a product okay, called that's FSD. That's a stupid name for a product, then. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like. I mean, I like All you, right. dude. I don't understand why. Like, I, I don't open everybody out here and think like we're at each other's throat about this. I'm just trying to understand. No, everybody thinks you hate. Oh, I'm at your throat. throat. You're lucky. I'm just I'm trying to here. understand. I mean, I understand why you care about snow because you live where it snows. But like, yeah, it just it's snowing I, today I, right I, now. I but. just love that you 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 used to go at. Uh, at at all of us like this Tom and then Joel came along and now we just sit back and watch it's like, it's like I'll go at all of you guys I, I mean oh he used I'll to go, hate me now so he hates Robert but now he doesn't hate Robert FSD he hates Joel doesn't exist so it doesn't exist so another point that I want to make is that he let it slip that in China buyers are really um discerning I think that's what he said they're the most discerning buyers and in China, only 1% to 2% of buyers have paid for FSD in their cars. So they're sort of like Tom. They're very skeptical. They don't believe it's not worth it for them. And so when they crack FSD, how many cars have they sold in China? And how many of those cars are people going to then drop the bucks for FSD? That is an... In- I mean, like, what's the incentive there? It's sort of like what... He said to the engineers at SpaceX, imagine a pallet of $50 million falling from the sky. Do you want that cash? So that was a fascinating piece of information, 1%. But they didn't follow up and say what it is in the States. I think it's 112% because I've bought it 17 (laughs) times. It's not 112%. But I think that number was so low. That number was so yeah. low that it really makes it's interesting that they that's the first time they've ever given that number out yeah. for a country, I believe. And so uh, I thought it was real interesting that they shared that tidbit of information. And I don't know if it, you know, again, it's 1% of people bought a thing called 
FSD that doesn't work. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there, right? Like, like that's that's one thing. And yes, that is a lot of money, you know, potential money on the table. And you know, obviously, robo taxi in a country like China, because there's so many people, like it's a boon. Again, if they can get it to work, I just like. Again, it's it's to me FSD is a very very specific thing, and my guess is the engineers at Google FSD is a very specific thing, and all the engineers and other places trying to make cars drive themselves Ugh, is a very geez. specific thing. Okay, Joel. <laughs> so um, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happened with China. Um, there there was a um, a tweet though by Elon just now which said that most of the people um, in China were complaining that they were promised a lower price for FSD and they would only buy it if they got that lower price like you, Tom. So maybe maybe you, Tom, uh, and you're not even near the microphone, <laughs> may, maybe maybe you should move to China. You, you, you'd probably get along with everybody there because you're so <laughs> against... Uh, for- the First off, like FSD. a couple of weeks ago, I mea culpa'd on this very show that I was incorrect about my costs and pricing comments about FSD. And I will tell you, all of the times that I railed against it, I was right. And eventually Tesla figured it out and they are now charging me what they promised they would charge me when I purchased my car. What? Now, I was incorrect. You're buying I told, it? I said this like week. No. Yeah, they're not charging no, you. No, no, you're but not but they are. Yet, but though. the cost of it, if I were to buy they're it, well, I, it I don't, again, I'm not buying something that doesn't exist. So that's cool. <laughs> you, we can keep we can keep hammering away <laughs> at this particular situation, but like it's not a thing. Jeez. I want to correct you both right now, and this is really making me excited. <laughs> it's not FSD on the website, and I have it in front of me because I have a thing called the internet. It's called full self driving. Capability. Oh, FSDC. <laughs> FSDC. What, uh, are we now going to have a semantics argument about like what does the word yeah. capability <laughs> no, mean? Please. You're the one having the argument. So what you're telling it. me is that we're paying $5,000 for a car with full self-driving capability at some point. No, Tom, we're paying $10,000. Oh, I'm sorry. That. We're paying $10,000 for a car with full self-driving capability at some point. Can we move on and talk about the fact that Elon said that, you know, when somebody had a sort of a complete question that what happens if I sell my car, I'm not getting credit for the FSD or I trade it in. And he said, we're going to go to subscription. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. That- because he says, you know, we'll give you credit when you turn your car in, but I actually had a car with full self-driving that was involved in an accident. The car no longer drives. I still own full self-driving on that car that has not been delivered. So he didn't really kind of answer my question. And they he didn't answer the question like, uh, does the full self-driving go with the car or does the full self-driving disappear? Because that to me is the real question. So I buy a, a Y for 50000 I add a $10,000 full self-driving package and I can't take that $10,000 full self-driving package with me. But can I sell the car saying... It's 60000 because I bought the FSD and it goes with it. Or does it disappear? In which case, um, you've sold it twice. You sold it to me. I never got to use it. And now when I sell the car for 50000 I say to the person, I can't 
sell it for 60 because it just kind of disappeared. That's what I wanted to know. I don't mind mm-hmm. if I you know, my situation is exactly that right now. I don't mind that I bought a Y for $60,000 because I bought full self-driving. But if when I sell it, the person who's going to, I sell it to Joel and Joel goes, no, dude, it's not worth 60. It's only worth 50 because I don't get the FSD. I have to pay Sucker. for it. Sucker. Does that make sense? <laughs> you don't get FSD because it doesn't exist. But anyways, <laughs> uh, the the Man. question like was, was was that, yeah, right. It was, it was about like, but what he did say was like, we're paying more for cars that have FSD. Like if you own a car and you sell it back to Tesla, we are factoring that into what we're giving you the car for. But I don't understand whether or not that means they're there again, like turning it off and trying to resell it to the used person. And and to your point, if you were to sell it to a third party, you know, or, or to another person, not through Tesla, whether or not that FSD stays with the vehicle or not. I mean, but it is, you know, it, it's interesting. I'm trying to find the uh, the question in the note, and I'm I'm having a hard time. Yeah, it was. Um, can I keep my FSD with me when I buy another car? And he said, "We're not gonna do that." It was the second time he was asked. He tried to avoid it the last time, um, <laughs> and he said, "He said essentially no." Um, but we and he said, "Well, but we will give you extra credit." And we will give you, um, we are also doing subscription, but I think much of the consternation that's in Tesla nation has been about the one time when some, uh, some guy so bought a car with FSD and he didn't um, get the trade in third party. And then it, and then it disappeared. Mm. Um, and then there's some people that are saying online, but it's hard to know if they're true or not, but at least this one case, I think it was like electric. Where, he, where the guy bought it third party and then it disappeared and he made a big stink about it and then Tesla put it back. But Tesla said that it was a mistake in them trying to figure out where where it, you know, where if, if, if it was really, if he had FSD or didn't have SSD. But essentially they weren't, they're not taking it away in third party sales. Well, so. I got to say, this is actually a huge effing deal that they need to be very oh, yeah. clear about because it really makes um, decisions about uh, whether you would buy it initially um, and uh, and buying a car uh, with or without it. I mean, they need to make this very clear because I would not, frankly, on my why, have bought FSD if I had have known that that's just going to disappear and I can't sell it to Joel because it's going with a car. I don't mind if it goes with a car because I can get the value of that back. So if they're going to take it away from me because it's not mine and I don't take it to my next car and Joel can't get it because it doesn't go with a car, don't buy the damn thing. And I will start saying this on this program every time we do this program, whenever we do it, don't buy it, don't buy it, don't buy it. And that will really affect their bottom line. So I think they really have to say this is a thing that has value. It's got to have value to the purchaser or to the car. But if you're saying it has no value once it leaves you, then you should not buy this until, as Tom says, it actually exists. But even if it actually exists, that's still a factor, right? Even if it actually exists, it's still a factor, the transfer actually, is true. a factor, right? Doesn't go that problem, yeah, they, that specific problem does not go away if indeed FSD is a thing that exists. You're right, Tom, you've simplified it even further. That still, even when it exists, and it doesn't, 
they better work that they're otherwise they are double dipping and they are going to have a consumer backlash and they're going to get some lawsuits and I would be supportive of that. That's bull. That's ten thousand dollars. That is not an insignificant amount of money. Thank you very much. Right, but in in, in a situation like. So let's say, for instance, and, and and I don't know, maybe Tesla's thinking this way: you buy full self-driving yet again for ten thousand dollars, <laughs> right? And then in five years from now, that same vehicle and full self-driving—I don't know—let's just say it actually exists at that point, and now they're selling full self-driving for fifty thousand dollars, and you sell your car back, and they give you the ten thousand dollar bonus for yours. But they turn it off and they charge the next guy the going rate. Like maybe that's what their where their mindset is. Because you've said many, many times, like eventually full self-driving is gonna be fifty thousand, sixty thousand, seventy thousand. Like it's just it's it's an endless amount of upside for Probably. for them to be able to sell you a car to the to your point that you've made also several times that they may not even sell you a car full self-driving or not, because it's worth 50 times more than you could ever imagine paying for it to them as a robo-taxi. Yeah, so I don't mind them giving back my 10000 Now it's selling for fifty. That's fine. It's just about that initial um, investment that I made. And yeah, what Elon has talked about in the past is that these cars will be worth $300,000. I'm not buying a $300,000. Why? Um, and that's why I say at some point we're in this intertestament period, if you're a Catholic and there's an intertestament period, um, that at some point they will stop selling cars. If they truly are worth $300,000 as rogo cabs, they're not going to – full right. self-driving will be a $200,000 add-on and nobody in their right mind is going to buy it. So let me ask you this. If you buy a computer and then it, you've, it's lived its life and you're going to sell it to a college student and he says, oh, wow, you have Photoshop on it. Can you leave that on when I – you know, when I buy it from you, does, um, is he, is that person breaking the license for photos? Well, Adobe went to the subscription model. So it's, it's monthly and yearly. Now they don't do stand. I don't believe you can buy the standalone piece of software, but in the past, historically, if you went to the store and bought Photoshop, this is literal Tom today. <laughs> I'm giving you, I'm, 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 being I'm answering your question. <laughs> if, Pick another no, no, software no, that's I, not. I'm saying I'm going to give you. I'm going to answer your question based on Photoshop. Like in the okay. in the past, when I have purchased Photoshop, and I if I sold it on the machine, it would stay on that machine. You can, you could always mm -hmm. install your seat on two machines, and you could you could either leave it. But it, so if I sold you my computer and it had Photoshop on it, you now own. In my opinion, you would own those two seats. If I wanted to get Photoshop on my new computer. I would have either mm -hmm. sold you my computer without Photoshop installed and kept my license that I had purchased, or I would buy a new license that then had two seats. Does that answer your question? Why? No, not at all. Why does it not but, answer your question? Um, because it, it it wasn't it wasn't specifically about Photoshop. Okay, I just it's a piece. Okay, that I thought you got software it. X. No. If I sold you software X yes. and it had one right. install and it was on that computer, I bought software X for one hundred dollars and I sold it. Uh, sold you my computer. Could I add one hundred dollars for leaving software X on it? Maybe. Maybe I could leave eighty dollars. Well, yeah, there, there's, there's some implied sure, right, value, like, right? I, but but I could also mm -hmm. just as easily leave software X on there and remove my license key from it and make you repurchase a license key to activate that software X in that computer. I, like I don't really understand where you're so, coming where you're 
so most software licenses um, for computers don't allow you to do that. Don't allow you to sell that software. It's just to you. You can't sell it to somebody else. And that's potentially where they think they're going with that. Now, I could see them allowing it in third-party sales. I, I think that would just... Well, well, sure. You, you I know, mean, but how but, about this? How about this? I buy Photoshop uh, today, but it doesn't work for three more years. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that either. <laughs> right. so like, like oh eventually he's talking about FSD. eventually <laughs> you're going to be able to crop photos using photoshop okay thanks i'll buy it when i can crop my photos so l let me ask you guys um this uh there, there were a lot of topics discussed today um in um the in the call what did you think um was the most important item that they that's not FSD. <laughs> FSD or not, and whether you want to call it FSD or if you want to call it full self full self driving capability, let's go with uh, Robert. First. I'm going to say what I what I was disappointed in having missed was any announcement about the Tesla compact car. I was hoping for that. I was looking for some juice there, even though I know they don't have the battery capacity, but I really wanted to see something like that because I think too many people continue to see Tesla and even more so now as this bougie company that has nothing to do with the common folks, especially now that we have all these Tesla billionaires or millionaires. Uh, FSD was the thing for me. Uh, that was the big one. Um, but now I have to tell you that uh, this is the sad part of the show where I've got to go now because I'm so elderly and I've got some things to do. Um, but I do want to give you my media pick before I go. And I've, I've handed the hosting duties uh, over to Joel. Whoa. So, Joel, you're now in charge of the Zoom. But okay. do you want to know what my media pick is? Just don't say I Ozarks. do. Ozarks. I, des I, still I desperately do want to know what your media I pick have, I still haven't finished Ozarks. I'm so Close. Your media picks is not Ozark. It is. Yeah, it is. It's Ozark again. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Yeah. That's good. I'm just All saying. Right. Have a good night. Look, this has been great, and uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll catch you guys soon. <laughs> has it, Seriously? Has it been great? Is that what you're saying? I Ozark? Just, I, this is the first time in years that I cannot wait to listen to Talking Tesla, because I know that Joel and, and Tom are going to go at it some more. Nice. I'll listen We're... tomorrow. Bye-bye. All right. Unbelievable. Oh, no. So Tom, what about you? What was the um, the most important uh, piece today? That's a darn that, that's Positive a darn fine question. Uh, I mean, I think for 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 practicality reasons, the stuff where they where they started as a Tesla owner and and, and like the future of like how it is to own a Tesla, which I. Which I think is important had to do with with uh, what is Tesla doing to improve service capacity, and the two answers that sort of came out of that, or the two kind of questions, the, the 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 immediate like four or five minutes that followed, and that was you know again approximately thirty six minutes and fifty two seconds in, <laughs> into the into the talk. I should have known by you telling us the seconds. <laughs> That you're going to be very exact. <laughs> where where, where somebody asks, what is Tesla doing to improve service capacity? 
Um, and the answer, which I thought kind of sucked ass, to be completely honest with you, was by improving the quality of our cars mm-hmm. was basically the, the first thing that came out of his mouth. So basically, and then he said mm-hmm. 40. Jerome. Yeah. So 40%, and then they started to talk about like blah, 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 this, that, and the other. 40% of the, of the service visits in North America are currently mobile, and their goal is to get that to 50% in 2021. And, but, and then they said, oh, we're making improvements. And he says it's basically around 10 days currently on average to get a service appointment for your Tesla. I think that's somewhat problematic. That seems like an awfully long time. If I call and I've got, oh, there's an issue with my brakes or there's an issue with my seat or there's an issue with whatever it is, and they're like 10 days before they can even look at it or get me in, that doesn't feel great for somebody who's buying a Mercedes-level cost vehicle right? On any level, right? Like if I called Mercedes, oh, please bring it in. We're going to take a look at it. I'm not trying to compare the two things. I know one's a much more mature company, but I think like if you're asked that question and your answer is we're trying to improve the quality of our cars, that to me is 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 kind of a little cheeky of a response in my opinion. And it's a little worse than that, Tom, because they said it, they have 140 service centers and it's at a hundred of them that they're averaging appointments within 10 days and their goal is to have that for all 140 centers so that is 10 days is their goal correct for all of the service centers so some of those service centers are are longer which is not a good thing but it Probably higher density areas. Right, like here yeah, in Los but, but, but regardless, if your goal is 10 days, I don't personally believe that's a great goal to have, right? Like they, they do they need to build out their service center capacity? Yes. Maybe. I think regardless of whether or not you're making quality cars, things break on vehicles. And then they, they went into, after that, they sort of said like, we're trying to make most of that community. Like people are like, you can't even call the guy basically specifically said you can't even call a service center and get somebody on the phone anymore. And that's pretty true. That's it's pretty complicated. Their phone tree is, is, is difficult at best. In my personal opinion, when you try to call at least the local service center, you can't talk to a person that's very frustrating to somebody. Maybe it's an older person thing, what that is, Tesla's demographic is an older person. So you got to understand that aspect. They're they're saying that like they want to have all the communication be done through the app and not by phone, which which works. It's fine. It's not ideal in my personal opinion. Some of it's about well, building a relationship it, with a company, with a brand. It is, it is ideal from Elon's standpoint. Elon has wanted to automate everything from soup to nuts and not even have people in the loop. So- I think it serves Elon's ideal. Yeah, so that 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 would be my answer. Would be the service center question, the service center thing that came up. Um, and I I like that one because I I did have com- um, a lot of notes on that one. Um, I I think I wouldn't have liked the, the answer by Jerome um, if it came from Elon, um, because then it I, I feel like one is that Jerome was the service did have a service job in his his past as um with tesla even and um but i i actually think that like some of the issues i think even you talked about tom where you talk to one person they say one thing you talk to another person they say something else um what jerome sort of said was is 
Well, if it's all in the if it's all in the app and it's all written, there's a written history that everybody can see and they can make sure that they follow up with what's already been promised or what's been talked about. And I, I kind of Yeah, I, like I agree, that. but you um, can also type a note. Like I mean, that's about training the person to type a proper note during their conversation and something no, like that. And I get I get where you're coming from and I agree. I and I agree. Yeah, with, you're and right. I agree with yeah, you yeah. like in terms of in terms of that paper trail, but again, in terms of the touch points, right? The touch points brand to brand ambassador, brand to brand owner, brand to customer, that's not in my for for a company like Tesla that is Building itself as this high end, or or selling its vehicles as if they're high end, more expensive vehicles, that doesn't fit, in my opinion. Like with the kind of service that you, when you think of, and I don't know, I've never owned a Mercedes, but when you think about Mercedes service, or you think about Jaguar service, or you think about these luxury brand services, Lexus even to a certain extent, right? It's about that that human connection saying like, oh, we're sorry your vehicle's not working. Let us take care of it. Especially since um, especially since Tesla originated with a high uh, touch point, if you will, service center experience where you'd walk in and they'd be like, oh, you look like your wipers aren't doing so good. Here, we'll just put some on for you. You know, they, would, they were giving shit away and they were really nice and bending over backwards. And now the absence of that, right. which is something significant to those of us who've owned Teslas for uh, almost 10 years uh, is a, is a sticking point. You know what? I mean, yeah, I think it should be about five days on the, on the timing. Um, but I do think that the mobile piece, which I didn't really think would be a smart way to go. And I, they must have found some way to make that work. I think that does feel very. Yeah. I think the mobile thing does for sure, Um, but not if it takes 10 days, right. Or not if you like, if you opened your app, right? If there was something wrong with your car, whatever it was, and maybe it wasn't an emergency, uh, you know, tire flat or whatever. And I like your note here. Would like to get Tom to not borrow tires. Very funny, hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I do like that. Um, like, if something's broken in my car and they tell me ten days, and now I want to talk to somebody. I want to talk to somebody to see. Like, hey, can I expedite it? What I'm going to do in that particular case, for me, I'm going to drive to Van Nuys. I'm going to specifically drive directly to the service center, and that's not going to be 10 days for me to touch, to get a touch point. And then hopefully Mm -hmm. they'll be able to like, oh, it's a simple thing. Like, if it's a simple thing, do I really need to wait 10 days? I I get it. And maybe this is starting to sound a little privilegy. Like, as I say it, I feel like a little bit uncomfortable Hmm. saying it. But they're, again, they're selling vehicles at a premium to a certain extent, right? And when you sell a vehicle at a premium, people expect a premium level of service on the other side of that. And maybe they need to do, like, to 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 Robert's point, they've set this bar and now they're lowering it. And that's maybe frustrating for those of us who have been around and maybe much less of an issue for a new tesla you know owner and and i will and i do i do understand and realize that that is probably the case and in the long term the app and the mobile service if they can get it under five days whatever that is is probably better in the long run but they got to get there i wonder what the per vehicle service engagement is because my experience going from an early s to uh 
whatever, a later S to a three that's pretty new, is that I have no interest or need for service. I had the service out once because I think one of my headlights had a problem with the, was that this car? Actually, that was the last car. I, I wanted them to install the garage door opener. I know they came out for that, but that wasn't a real service. That was me yeah, that was me paying extra to get a feature that should have freaking been on the car that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't think I have, you know, my charge port still sticks. Is it worth it to engage service? No. So I just kind of pry it open with my fingernails. But it's like, there's not much going wrong with my car. So I wonder if there is even that right. much, you know, what are we talking about? Is this, how significant is this? You know, maybe it's significant with mm. eight or nine-year-old cars, or whatever, seven-year-old cars. But well, regardless of its significance, it's 10 days, right? Regardless of the amount of it, right? If To your point, if the amount is so low because cars don't need service, then it should be easier for them to build more capacity to, to, to satiate the need. And so people don't have to, like, again, the goal is to get it less than 10 days average over all of their service centers, right? That's, to me, the goal should be what Joel said, closer to five days to, to get your car in? Yeah. Well, this, to get your car in. This sort of reminds me of the variability of Tesla's build quality, right? So in LA, the LA Owners Club hosted Sandy Monroe at a supercharger here in LA. And he was talking there. I wasn't there, but I've heard a lot about it. And so he was talking about the car that he was driving across country, having a lot of problems with gaps and whatever. I don't have the fine details. And then he looked at another. Wasn't yeah, a lot of problems. But I mean, like, it's just like, how I tight mean, is the manufacturing? If there's, a, if there's more variability in the build quality, then that would probably speak to more need for service in the future. And so then he looked at another car there that had like super tight gaps and everything was perfect. And he said, you know, that car should be the example. That should be what every car looks like. So, mm -hmm. yeah, but what I do think though, the difference is, is that that was the, um, oh, if you're, if your door, if the top of your door is three mils and the bottom of your doors is five mils, oh, then that means that your engine's going to, going to be knocking because they can't, they can't, they can't build a car. But what, what Sandy said was, is even with the first model three that he had, that the the powertrain was was spot on was awesome, and so th these are things that they're gonna have to fix because some people co complain about them, some people just don't even notice. Like I know a lot of people that would never even notice that. And Sandy went around with a a caliper, but then also said, you know, that it could easily just be fixed at the at the dealership too. Or right. adjusted but, uh, at but the again, dealership. I'm not, we're not even talking but, about gaps, though. I assume we're not talking about no, no, gaps, no. right? That's like well, no, well, that's what that's what that is. No, we're talking about the what you said in service time, and I completely agree. Yeah, and and I, and I, and I think you know, again, I I'm, I'm the curmudgeon, right? So I'm the I'm the and I'm the old guy, and we've been in Tesla for a long time. And again, we walked in, and we've gotten mm -hmm. coffees and espressos and waters and. And and getting free tires, free <laughs> rental free tire rentals, rentals free tire, free tire rentals. Um, but but again, I feel like we're paying a premium, 
Right, people that are in these, especially if you're going to, so let's say this, like you're a Model S, you buy a Plaid Plus, and you have a headlight out, and you call, A, you don't get to talk to anybody, B, the, 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 the phone tree is frustrating as hell, and then at the end of it, you have to get a service appointment on your app, and it tells you 10 days. And you don't get a loaner car that's a Plaid Plus. And you don't get a loaner car. Well, you know what I mean? They had right. to. They right. had to that's eventually stop doing the. That's how it used to be. The lo- right. They had to stop that eventually, though. Right. Like they had to grow up, and and I understand that that aspect of it, but that's still the case, right? That's still the case. You 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 bought a hundred thousand dollar vehicle, and you're waiting ten days to get to get in for them to then tell you it's ten more days until we can get the part. For your vehicle, because that happens, and we both we all know that that happens as well, right? They have their their parts constrained mm-hmm. as well. They happen to Mel, and and sure. and in Robert's, and there's some cases too, right, where they where um they actually text you and say, hey, um, we noticed your car's not working, or there's a problem with your car. We've already ordered the part. I've never had that happen. It'll, yeah. Do you even but do you even drive that, a Tesla? That does right happen, now, Joel. Ah, <laughs> nice, no. man! You are just on today. So nobody's asked me what no, I. No, we were good about to get to it, but we were still talking about service. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to leave you. Out Go there, ahead, man, because I got another thing I want to. Okay, see. I'm hanging. What is about about service or about something else? It came at that same 16 minutes and 22 second does point. It, does it fit here? Does it fit here? Yes, it is. Do we allow? It is Joel a concern go? of owners, okay. and that is please. Allowing other model, uh, other vehicles to use the supercharger network. Yeah, we should have talked about that before Mel oh. left. Uh, yeah. So I don't know yeah, because yeah. then that leads into the supercharger report. So should we hold that thought for a second and let Joel? Yeah, go? let's let's get let's let Joel talk about what his highlight of the night was. Uh, please, Joel, the floor is yours. All right. Well, thank you. Um, I think. Mine's going to be more positive. Jeez, I think we need to be right. <laughs> um, is uh, the in the installed capacity of Tesla is over a million cars, um, and that's just only including two factories essentially. Um, and we will get some output out of Berlin for sure. So whatever Tesla ultimately says their number is going to be, it's probably going to be around eight hundred thousand. There's a strong chance uh, so there's a strong chance that they'll be at a million and if they get to that point that will be higher than than volvo and they're starting to get into some of the medium big boys the smaller big boys um and it just it's i think that's exciting um and if you also look here robert um on the screen they and i'll, I'll describe it for our uh, our podcast audience they list a, a number of of cars, which ones are built in Fremont, which ones are built in Shanghai. In Berlin, it'll be the Model Y for now. In Texas, it'll be the Y and the Cybertruck. And then there's a location to be determined uh, where the Semi, the Roadster. And then the last one there, Robert, is partly what I was yeah. hoping that somebody would ask about. Is well, actually, somebody did ask about, about it, the Robert. van um, as a future product. Uh, the future future product. No, actually, yes, somebody about the asked, small car um, at the fifty-seven <laughs> minutes such a thirty-two point two five. You know what? Everybody out there that's listening, you're welcome. <laughs> no, actually, I do think it's helpful. It it is very helpful because um, 
I don't think everybody listens to these things. So, and um, hopefully they're even listening to us. They're not. But um, it, it um, uh, someone asked about the $25,000 car and they chose, it was one of two questions and they decided just to answer, I think it was Zach just answered one of the qu- the two questions and then said, okay, thank you. And that was it. And maybe in the last question. Um, and, uh, no, but the there's a future products, but there's also hydrogen. hydrogen? Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. God. I know. It's like, really? Like everybody walks up. Although like, the question before that was about the semi and full autonomy. And I actually thought that like the question wasn't quite understood. Like it felt to me like. It wasn't right answer. Like it, it felt to me like I the question was, will the semi be the first Tesla to reach full autonomy? And it felt like Elon answered it as if, will the semi, the Tesla semi be the first semi to reach full autonomy yeah. regardless of, of company? And I, that that was that made that answer like very, very confusing. And maybe I misheard that, but but that was I think it's because that was I, I was watching a I was watching Tesla Daily uh, do that, and it was Gene Muster who was asked a question, and he's really good, but he didn't really, it wasn't sharp at that point. And so it, even the Rob Maurer on Tesla Daily wasn't sure what was being answered, but he was sure that um, Elon would say that the cars would be FSD first and not Yeah, my takeaway from the answer was that they're all going to be full self-driving when they're all going to be full self-driving. It's like, it doesn't matter what the vehicle is, wherever the cameras are positioned, it doesn't matter because it's like the computer is the, it's the brain. It's not the vehicle. Well, I, I disagree because he did say that like, you have to train the semi differently because you don't, the semi, so it won't, you know, makes yeah, different turns, it won't parallel right? The park. semi- Right, the the semi won't parallel park. It needs to obviously have a wider turning radius. I mean, the, there's a, there's a lot of differences. Right. So I think that I. But he said it, it wasn't a training thing. It was a configuration thing. There's a good um, uh, tweet by Green Daily. I'm uh, sorry, Green uh, Green the only mm-hmm. or Green only or something like that. Um, uh, where there was a whole bunch of configuration pages uh, for the vehicles, even the weight of the vehicle. And um, like turning, like turning radius was in there. There was a number of different things. So that is is a configuration, and then the neural network handles the, those configuration numbers, and then does the driving from there. At that point, so it's almost like you you teach your kid how to drive, and you say, um, and they know how to drive a small little car, and you say, okay, well now when you drive this bigger car, you're gonna have to worry about this and this, and you can't go under a, a drive through, or you rip off the rip off the roof um or this or that and they and then they know what to do and that's essentially what it is without having to retrain the vehicle though it was that was interesting because if you remember a while ago um this question was asked to elon a long time ago maybe 2016 with ap1 and but going into ap2 and he was asked the same similar question and he said one we wouldn't be selling it to another company because um, the, the car could have a different config, uh, sort of shape and configuration than our cars. And we'd might, we'd probably have to retrain the car in order to work with their car or retrain the neural network to work with their car. So now it sounds like they don't have to, they don't feel like they have to do that. 
so much so that they were actually talking with somebody, some folks about trying to sell the technology to other OEMs, which was, you know, fairly interesting as well. So I think right. it's interesting banging down on autopilot over and over and over again. And it just makes me a little more excited to see the thing fly. And then we can have another discussion. I mean, I, again, I, you used an interesting word when you when you just said that. You used the word autopilot. I'm not banging on autopilot. Right. No. I know he did that on purpose. That's very good, Robert. We won't mm -hmm. go into that again. So, um, what else, Tom? I don't know, man. I think like we've 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 hit this thing pretty much ad nauseum. I don't know if there's anything else that you guys want to want to talk about as it pertains to this uh, thing. We covered a lot of the questions. I think we covered, you, you know, a lot of what, what went down. We didn't, the one thing we didn't cover, and we should definitely make a note to cover this, was how much of their bond debt they've actually paid down, which I think that's a pretty, pretty significant piece of their capital puzzle. I mean, personally, at the valuation mm -hmm. they're at right now, I may have considered selling a little bit more stock and paying all of those all of those bonds down and but they, there's probably some you know good reasons to to not to not do that that sort of thing um so in terms of the earnings call again I'll go back and and say you know still still relatively underwhelming in general I thought the questions even though we've talked about them for a couple of hours now were were also a little bit underwhelming uh there are a couple of couple of big big things in there. Um, Cybertruck we didn't really touch on. They're they're talking about like the build of the Cybertruck and and all that stuff. So um, I think we should. Oh yeah, that's. I getting think we should we should asking. go into Robert's going to have a comment, and then Robert from that comment will go into Supercharger update, and then we'll just we'll hit uh, media picks and say thank you to our listeners and get the hell out of here. Yeah, so it, it was when Dan Levy of Credit Suisse asked about, um, ex, it started with regulatory credits. And I thought, you know, regulatory credits are kind of all over the place. And Elon has been kind of down on them. But I think with the new administration, there may be some real significant valuation that floats towards Tesla with uh, regulatory credits. Then he also rolled into the whole um, uh, about getting money, putting money towards future capacity. And Zach said that they were going to expand the service centers and the supercharger network to get ahead of future demand. And so I thought that was good. Although I have to say that today's supercharger report does not belie the kind of getting ahead of capacity, not entirely. So do you guys want to take a guess? Our last show was on the first of the year. This is the longest I think we've gone in a long time, 26 days between shows. How many superchargers do you guys think opened in the last 26 days? Do, 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 do. I'll go first. Um, I'd say 15. Hmm. Mel? I think because the number... Uh, <laughs> crikey, I think 72. <laughs> so that's, that's oh, Mel, you're <laughs> such an idiot. You're such an idiot. <laughs> I would say... 
Hmm, based on the construction number which you give us and the permit number which you also give us, yeah, we'll, I'm we'll going to say mm -hmm. 31. Yeah, it's 13. So like ooh, I said, ooh. it's well, really 31. I'm dyslexic. I'm dyslexic. It was <laughs> <laughs> most of those. Oh, you should have used Mel's accent. To say <laughs> most of those are in the United States. Eight in the United States. Norway got one. France got one, Taiwan got two, Canada got one. So not very many. There was a permit that they pulled in California. What's interesting about that? Because it's not California, it's California, Maryland. Did you know there was a California, Maryland? Oh, wow. They're getting 16 supercharger plugs. Whoa. So construction, we've got 22 superchargers under construction and 19 entering the permit level so i think the next supercharger report might be better i have my fingers crossed and media picks uh mel oh, oh hold on before you before you go on to media picks um in the um the uh q4 and final report they did have the supercharger connectors for the end of the year um and we did talk about it a little bit but um it was 23,277 that we ended the year with um, supercharger connectors. Oh, you say plugs. With uh, plugs. But that's what, you know, officially they say connectors. I don't want to say a plug when it's a connector. Yeah, it's I don't know. I mean, things. like, according to the um, supercharge.info, which is my source, there's 21,150, I can't read the last number, open charger Plugs. Well, this is like Tesla's SEC filing at 23777. Right. So I'm going to go with that number. So, so Robert, are you saying yeah. that Tesla's lying? Bunch of liars. Bunch of liars. Stations. Stations. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's pretty good. Did you Do you also have the number for... No, because I got to um, go to the bathroom. I'm just dying. It's been America? such a long Charge show. America? Two hours. No, I don't. Well, we're summarizing an hour-long um, shareholders' call. We're fighting about, about full self-driving for 45 minutes. minutes. Arguing for half of that. <laughs> yes, about true. the definition it's of true. what full self-driving is or isn't. Mm -hmm. well, let's keep going. Um, all right, Robert, yeah. do you want to give your media pick? I do. Please, I've been enjoying please, uh, both the show and the book. So I started watching The Expanse. I can't tell you how many people have told me that I would like it and that I should watch it. So I started watching it. It's on Amazon. It's about the future, maybe 250 years in the future, where people have not only reached out and started living on the moon and on Mars, but also the asteroid belt and the moons beyond, like uh, the moons of, of uh, Saturn. And so it's actually quite good. So... Uh, that's the expanse. The expanse. I'm surprised we. And the have that book that already. it's based on is called Leviathan Wakes, and it's by James mm -hmm. Corey, who really isn't a person. It's a pen name for two guys who write together, and it turns out they've written eight books already, and the ninth one is coming out in October. And I know the Leviathan I, what? Leviathan Wakes. I'm just trying to write this because the one that you wrote notes. down was called Sound of Metal. Yeah, that's because somebody grabbed a, an old note that it doesn't have all the stuff that I wrote and sent out to you guys. So 
All right, so I'm going to delete that one. And so the expanse on what uh, on Amazon? Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Thank and the you cool for that thing one. about the book versus the series is that the the stories diverge really significantly. Mm-hmm. So if you're watching the series, it kind of jumps ahead and then it comes back and it does some variations and there's characters who weren't in the book and it's very good all on its own. And I was reading the book at the same time. I've now moved on to the second book, which is uh, somebody's war, Clayton's war or something like that. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm going to look forward to continuing on with this because it has kept me entertained on these, uh, these rainy days. Cal- Caliban's War. I'm only about halfway through it. Are you doing this on Audible? Or are you? Are you no, I'm getting it from the, the library on Libby, which is my probably okay. one of the most actively used apps on my phone. Libby. Listening or reading? Not you can or read reading, or listen from Libby, but I get all the audiobooks. And you you're can put them on. Because so you're, you're you drive listening. a lot. So yeah, and I, I also like when right. I'm cooking and when nice. I'm cleaning dishes i'm just mm-hmm. plugging this thing into my ears and i only wish i had a pair of ear pods i could listen to it while i'm in the shower because that would be even better i use a a, a bluetooth <laughs> wireless like jawbone speaker i keep in my bathroom and i just yeah. bluetooth my phone to it. it's loud enough to go over the sound of the shower so yeah i have one of these things that i bought for that yeah. but i don't charge it and i don't keep it in there but i'm going to plug it yeah. in tonight and i'm going to take it in there based on your recommendation Thanks, man. Um, I guess I'll go. My media pick is a blast from the past. I've been re-watching The Sopranos. Yeah. Uh, which I've actually okay. found to be very interesting. Although, and I don't know if this, again, has to do with like where I am in my life. The violence in that show really makes me cringe a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting to see like how they made shows back then. One thing I find to be more fascinating than anything is how long the introduction, like title sequences, it goes on and on and on forever. But I've been really enjoying it, and it's sort of nice to to see the arc quicker, a little more binge-watchy, and kind of see how, how the flow of things goes. And uh, so that's been good. And then my secondary pick is it's a pandemic. People are baking bread. I've been watching a YouTube channel called Proof Bakery, P-R-O-O-F. It's a bakery somewhere in Arizona. Uh, And they do like very long deep dives into watching them make bread, score bread. Uh, You know, they Mm. did one where the guy literally made like 36 dozen English muffins on this giant table. And it's mellow and it's chill and it's it's. I don't know. I find it personally compelling. I don't know if anybody else will, uh, but they. I think they do a good job of uh, of making YouTube content. So proof bakery. Do you have a sourdough starter? I have two sourdough starters. One that's a rye, a natural mm. rye starter, and one that's a white bread starter. I've had some horrible success uh, making bread. Last weekend, I did an. I over fermented my bread. I found a local. A flour miller that's milling like in Pasadena, some California grown flowers, whole wheat flowers. And I had one week of pretty good success. And last week, I don't know what I, whatever I did, I over fermented and like no gluten was produced whatsoever. <laughs> it was, it was terrible. It was oh. very, very sad. Um, so that's, those are my two media picks. And Joel, you are, you are up. I am uh, picking, um, 
the Umbrella Academy for my first pick. I don't know if anybody's done it before. It's on Netflix, um, and it's it's in its second season, uh, but we just started watching it now. The premise is um, there's uh, 43 women around the world in like 1989 or so, all in the same day, give birth to a, a child that um, was sort of spontaneous, um, you know, sort of a, almost like a, you know, like a, yeah, almost like immaculate okay. conception sort of thing. Um, they ended up these, um, uh, there was a, a, a man who was a billionaire who um, went and tried to sort of adopt as many of these children as possible. And I think he got six or seven of these kids. Um, and they all had superpowers to some, to some extent. The story um, is a lot, um, reminds me of the Royal Tannenbaums um, in terms of the feel of the show. It's, um, I mean, it was filmed, um, it, it, it was filmed in, uh, in 2019, but you don't see a car older than like 1987 or something, but it's, it's still set in modern day. It's just sort of a weird setup. There's time travel. There's a lot of interesting things. It's a very, very... Uh, so anyway, the billionaire wasn't a loving father or adoptive father. He was very cruel. And um, and then, all, you know, we, we sort of see these kids... We see flashbacks to when they're young, but um, they're mostly in their mid-20s now. And they're, they're trying to stop the very end of the world, um, which is going to happen in the story and... Um, in eight days, essentially, wow. um, and so that's how this each each episode essentially is a day. I guess they, I think there's like ten episodes in the first season, um, so they get through eight days in the first season. Nice, very very interesting. Um, what's nice about this is that, um, well, is if you if you do end up liking it, there's a second season. I haven't seen it yet, although I accidentally just read something about um, this season oh. and there, but. Um, I have one. I have one or two left to go to the end of the season, um, and then it was renewed um, in uh, in November of last year for another for another season. So it's it's a, it it's pretty it's pretty so darn spoiler good. alert. The Earth um, doesn't disintegrate because <laughs> they've they've made it past the eight days mark. I guess. Um, well, because there's time uh, time travel. Anyway, I get you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was just being a yeah. There's cheeky, time travel, obviously. so that's partly why. That's yes, you were. Um, the second media pick, and um, hopefully our, our our fans that may be Trump fans or may not be um, will find this interesting. Um, there was a there's a uh, just a YouTube. I mean, you can find this on YouTube, and uh, you, if you you may already know, but um, Trump sort of talked about this snake um, in poems when he was uh, running in uh, 2015 and 16. Uh, for president, and he talked. And he talked. There was a poem about a snake that that um, a woman found almost dead and took care of it. And then the snake bit him. And the snake said at the end, "Why are you upset? You knew I was a snake, or something like it's that." It's the scorpion um, and the frog and some, uh, parable. Yes, um, and uh, it uh, it's kind of fitting, I think, in some ways, and probably why, at least for me, I didn't really feel like doing a show. The last, um, you know, mid uh, January, uh, I was a little just uh, 
I don't know, either depressed. I mean, I have family in D.C. for sure. Um, uh, but uh, if, if for those folks that find it interesting, that's one to So one to YouTube, if you search like the snake poem, you'll likely be able to find it. Is that kind of what yeah. we're, we're looking at? Yeah. All right. And if, if, yeah, it came if up you right get away. a chance, Joel, and you want to add a link to the show notes, we can do that. I don't know that it matters. but Yes, I will. Uh, that's yep. pretty good. Yeah, it's been a, you know, it was a challenging couple of weeks there at the end of the uh, last administration, beginning of <laughs> this administration for for a lot of reasons. Uh, I, this is not a media pick, but I don't, I'm, I'm curious if you guys ever watched The Circus on Showtime? No. The Circus is a, is a political show that basically f- goes through the campaign, right? It's the circus being the campaigns, the Republican campaign, the Democrat. If you have Showtime, it's an excellent show. They actually did... Two show the first two shows of the newest season were basically they were filming while the Capitol thing was happening. So they're like film they're they're filming wow. these guys who have followed politics their entire lives, watching this thing unfold in the Capitol lot like while they were filming. So it's it's a real kind of real time insider political show on what was unfolding. It's 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 quite. That's one of my I'm a like a political junkie in a lot of cases and I think that the circus does it better than any other show when they're talking when they're when they're they're basically embedded in the campaigns of all of these people as they were going so like they had a person with Buttigieg during the and and all that stuff and it's okay, it's well. really uh it's quite phenomenally done. Quite, they're very, very smart people who have been like political activists and and inside and outside of politics for their for their entire professional careers. Um, That'd uh, be really, interesting to see because those are folks who have the inside view and they know a lot of the backstory and a lot of the details that we never get close to. Yeah, and so for me, because I've been watching this show for years, right? Basically, all these campaigns, like even back. They did. They were around, I believe, when Hillary's campaign. I could be wrong about that, but so it's been a long time, and they've been following, you know, all this stuff for so long. And now you see them watch the potential fall of our of our democracy in in, in some ways, um, you know, which I personally believe was a, that that we got very very fortunate that that did not go. Uh, Probably two minutes from everything I've read. Yeah, I mean, we got, I think we were very, very close to a very, dying. very bad situation for a lot of our lawmakers, uh, people who have dedicated their lives to, you know, serving our country. Whether you agree with the way they do it or not, you know, it is one thing, but, you know, a, a, uh, yeah, it, it, it could have been very bad in my yeah. opinion. On a, a lighter side of the same start, the, um, the Daily Show had a a uh, a, a comedian, uh, sort of a somebody there um, at the um, at, at in DC and at the rally, and it it's just kind of crazy how open of a secret it was. But they had a um, and I, I'll, I'll add this as a media pick. I already added my other link, um, uh, and he was interviewing um, f- folks that were rioters, asking you know, it, what they thought about sedition as this was starting to happen. And um, it was just, it was just kind of cra- crazy how uh, much of an open secret it was, yeah, I guess. it was, uh, it was. And so little happened. Bad. And there's some, there's a bunch of good reporting happening out there about like what was really going on behind the scenes and, and, and what was, 
what we were really on the verge of. So um, I'm glad that that did not happen because I would have, I think it would have almost been irre- irre- irreparable in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to our, you know, whatever, whatever our standing in the world is, right? Whatever our history has been. Um, so anyways, if you are still listening to this show, Thank you. <laughs> thank you for <laughs> thank why. you for your support. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for if you're a Patreon. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for for just being a part of this journey with us for for so many years as we as we embark on this new year and uh, uh, talking about Tesla and seeing where this exciting you know thing will be going um, or it, and is going. Uh, just thank you so much for, for being a part of that. And, uh, thank you, Robert. Thank you, Joel, for, for being a part of this show. And, uh, we'll see you you next time. Thanks for holding up all the cards. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all. We'll see you next time. And it'll be funnier too. (laughs) Yeah. Hilarious. (laughs) 